Hey, Jay Calloway here, Pastor of the Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. We're right in the middle of, a, of our sermon series, The Champion, or Champions, and we are so uh, believing that there is a champion inside of you. The Bible is very clear that when, he, when we are children of God, when, uh, when we have accepted Him, and even at birth before we accept Him, He puts certain things in us, like a measure of faith. He puts in us a, a belief system that, that we are his children. And all we have to do is enact that and accept him as our father, accept Christ as our savior and our Lord. And then that, be, that champion begins to raise up in us. And as we've been talking about that over the last few weeks, we've been talking about that sometimes champions fail, that we understand that there's going to be winning days and losing days. There's going to be winning battles and losing battles. And, and just because we fail doesn't mean we're a failure. We talked about the idea that champion, a champion is just a normal person that steps up and steps out and stands in the gap for those around him or her. We are so excited and believing that what God has for each one of us is the champion, but it really put, puts us into a place of our mindset, our thoughts, our perceptions. Just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the position of a champion, is that he positions himself or she positions herself into a place of favor, an open heaven that God can come down. And then last week, what an incredible time we had as we were reminded of the story of Deborah and Gideon, a, a daughter champion and a son champion of the Most High God, and how they faced the battles. They faced the pain. They faced those areas of life that, that, that had to be faced in order to go forward and, and to see what God has. And I know each one of us have been that way. Well, I want to just encourage you that as we go forward in this, I want to talk to you about another champion today. And if you have your Bibles, get, it, get them out. And how many have your Bibles? Say yes. If you don't, say oops. <laughs> That's good. Get your Bible out. Turn to somebody next to you and say, I've got my Bible. How about you? I'm ready. And get your Bible out and turn with me, if you would, under the, our key verse that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. And that is Psalm 19. Psalm 19 and verse 5. And it says there in the second portion of that uh, scripture, it says, like a champion rejoicing to run his race. I want to remind you that the idea of a champion is a, is a heart of rejoicing. Whether they are running the race in, when no one else is around, just in a testing mode, or they're running the race in a mindset of, of that I'm in this, and it, this, is, this is for keeps, this is for good, wherever it might be. You might be helping somebody else run their race, wherever you're at, but we rejoice. We just get up and rejoice. It's not about winning. It's not about all that. We run the race to win, but we're just excited about being in the race. We're just, we are just thrilled and rejoicing that God says, I'm picking you to run this race in this lane ready to go. Well, I want to talk to you today about the champion's perspective. You see, there is this idea that God gives us a way of seeing things. And I am convinced of this. The difference between a champion and somebody that's just going to sit back is not on what they see, but how they see it. I have seen on many occasions different people looking at the very same thing, but seeing something completely different. 
And as children of God, we need to realize that not only do we have faith to move mountains and favor from the King of Kings, but we have a future that is out of this world. And the question is, is what are you seeing in your future? But really is how are you seeing it? Because each one of us have a future. Each one of us may have the same future as each other. Whether you're a man or a woman, a, 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 a child, maybe you're somebody that, is, that, that comes from a different culture than what you're living in, wherever you're coming from and wherever you're at, we all will see it differently. And the point of a champion is simply this, how do you see it, not what you see? And I believe that as children of God, we, we are there to walk and see and walk the way of faith. And it's not by sight but it's by my spirit or the, by, my, uh, by the faith that we walk in. And I want to just challenge you today as we proclaim who we are in Christ, that we're going to have a perception of what God has called us to do. So let's say it and, and, and believe it as we say it confidently. Today I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure, my talk is confident, my attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the word of God, today I will do the will of God, today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you, give them a high five, say, I believe it for you too. Amen. Well, let's talk about this idea of the perception of a champion. I want you to look in the, there, there's a story in the book of Numbers, and you can turn in, in your Bibles with me if you would to Numbers, the 13th chapter, Numbers chapter 13, verse 28. This is a story of Moses and how he led the children out of, Israel, out of Egypt, and they got right under the doorstep of the promised land, right there as, as they were. And Moses said, we're ready, we're here, we're ready to go. It is said that it's about a 12-day journey from Egypt on foot to the promised land. It's, it would take them, if you went straight on, about 12 days. And, and so here they are within the 30 days of being from Egypt into the promised land and right on the mouth of it. And they're ready to go into victory. They're ready to go. They're, they're excited. Everything's moving along. And Moses decides, I'm going to lead these people, but we need to lead them what they're going into. We need to know. You know, Stephen Covey says to, to begin with the end in mind. In other words, to go and see what the end looks like. Where are we headed? What does this look like? And then let's back up and know how we are to progress. So Moses takes 12 of the spies. He takes 12 of the, uh, one from each tribe of the Israel, and he goes and says, go in. And they went into the land for 40 days they spent. 40 days is an incredible amount of time to check things out, and they did. They saw everything. In fact, when they came back, they brought back the produce of the land. They brought back the fruit of the land. They, they, they were talking all about the land and how beautiful and beautiful it was. And it was amazing. And here's where it happened in, in Numbers, the, 30, the 13th chapter in verse 27 says, This was the, the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. They brought in these giant grapes. They brought in these giant, this giant uh, different fruit of all kinds of things that they had and dates and everything else that was there. They said it was amazing. They showed the proof of what the land could produce. 
This was the land of their forefathers. This was the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was the land that, that they, they left and went into Egypt when Joseph, who we talked about just, la just a few weeks ago, left and was put in charge of Egypt. And they left that land, and now 400 years later, they're right back where they started from. And they're ready to take on this land. They're blown away at what it has. The potential, the, the opportunity is astounding. And can I just pause for a moment and say to you, the potential and the, and the opportunity in front of you is astounding. I'm reminded, I've said this, I shared this before, but I'm reminded of, this, of the song that is, that's um, sung in in the musical of, of Hamilton. It says, look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. And I want you just to look around. If you're in a hub with us today, you're in one of our hubs, maybe you're sitting uh, long, far away from us. You are across the nation or across the world and you're writing there and you're feeling like there is nothing, there is no hope. Look around. You're breathing. You've got opportunity. You've got incredible potential. But here's what happened. They said, look at the potential. Look at all of these kinds of things. But in verse 28, something happened. It says, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. What happens when your butt gets in way of your perspective. I want you to think about that for a moment. You see, here they are talking about all of the greatness, all the potential, all the produce, all the production, everything is going there, but then they go, but, and sometimes our buts get in the way of our perspective. We see all the things that we have in the potential of it. But somebody comes in and goes, but you don't understand. You're not capable of that. Or, but you don't understand. I don't have enough money. But you don't understand. I don't have this. I don't have that. We will even allow our butts to get in the way of God. God's saying, you are my child. You are the one that can go and do things. You have faith to move mountains. Favor of the king of kings. You've got a future that's out of this world. And you go, but God, How? I come from the wrong side of the tracks. But God, how? That's way too expensive. But God, no one's going to listen to me. And all of a sudden, everything begins to shift. Everything begins to move away simply because we allow the buts to get in the way of our perspective. And I want to say this to you. How we see is more important than what we see. How does the right perspective affect our champion inside of us? How does the wrong perspective affect our champion? I'm going to take you to the very end of this story. 2,000 years later, Jesus is hanging on the cross. And there's two men beside him. One man is on one side and another man is on the other. And as they are all three being crucified, one man in the middle is innocent. He has done nothing wrong except just step out and step up and say, I'm going to stand in the gap for all of humanity. 
And all of a sudden, one man looks over and starts ridiculing, going, oh, you're the Christ? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, right, shot, fine. I really believe that. If you're really Jesus, if you're really who they say you are, if you are really the prophet coming, if you're really the Messiah, you're the one that's prophesied by all of those around and those prophets of, of days gone by, if you're really who he says he is, just pull yourself down off that cross. Can I just tell you something? Jesus could have done that. Jesus could have pulled himself off. The Bible says he could have called 10,000 legions of angels down and, uh, and annihilated everybody. Just a, few days, just a few days before, he spoke and the entire army that was coming after him fell just at the power of his word. He could have done it. But the ridicule that was coming against Jesus from one man, the, the man on the other side of Jesus looked over, looked past Christ and said, are you kidding me? Shut your mouth. Do you have any idea who you're talking to? Do you have any idea? In fact, I, thought, I find it so ironic in so many different ways that two men were looking at the exact same thing, seeing com something completely diabolically opposite. One man was seeing a fraud. One man was seeing a fake. One man was looking at this and believing that his words were empty, that he could not back up his promises. And the other man had a complete different perspective. He looked at Jesus and saw the Messiah. He saw the Christ. He saw the one that could answer all of his problems. He could bring a solution to every situation that he was faced. And here he is at the very end, and he does not ask to be saved. He asks to be remembered. I want you to think about that for a moment. How... Does the right perspective affect your champion in you? How does the wrong perspective affect the champion in you? You see, that day, when he looked at Jesus, then after he rebuked the one that was ridiculing Christ, he looks back and he says to Christ, he says, Jesus, Lord, in other words, acknowledging who he is, he had the right perspective. He says, remember me. He didn't say, save me, get me off of this cross, save my bacon, pull me out of this situation so that I can go have a good life. He knew that the end was there and there was no changing that, but he simply said this, remember me when you enter, your, enter into paradise. And Jesus looked back at him and says, okay, champion, come on. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, you have a future that is out of this world. Today, you have faith to move mountains. Today, you, 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 are, you are walking on solid ground. He never acknowledged the other man. Can I tell you something? When we have the wrong perspective, God sometimes just doesn't acknowledge us at all. But when we have the right perspective, he will bring in a future that is out of this world. So back to the story of Joseph that we see here. And it's amazing that we see that these men were in there for 40 days. Now, I learned something about that idea that the land is flowing with milk and honey. It was not simply this idea that we have rivers of milk flowing out of the ground. We have rivers of, of honey or honey's just dripping from the trees and we have these honey trees. No, what it actually meant is this. There was two kinds of produce that the children of Israel were known for. They were known for their farming and they were known for their shepherding. And that word it says there that it was a land flowing with milk and honey meant that it was first, it was flowing, it was good for shepherding, that we could get the milk from the sheep, for the milk from the goats. There was a milk that was going to be sweet. It could, it would going to be a good harvest in, as shepherds as what they were. But it was also of honey, meaning it was good farming because that land was known for their dates. 
I was I was in the I was in that land uh, just a just a several months a few months ago about a year and a half ago or so two years ago coming up and as I was there, we took some date. In fact, I brought some date honey back with me in several different jars, and we shared that together a couple of Christmases ago at our special Christmas breakfast for our family. And as we put that on there, I was reminded of the produce. But I'm also reminded of something else. Two of the hardest occupations in our, in our world that take up the most risk, that, ha- that are, are conditioned on the climate of all around us, is shepherding and farming. It's hard work. It's difficult. And I think what the spies were coming back saying is, look at the produce we can have. It's flowing with milk and honey. We can, we can grow wealthy and we can be prosperous by our shepherding. And we can grow prosperous by our farming and planting and tilling and, and tending of the harvest and bringing the harvest out. It is a land that will sustain us year after year after year, generation after generation. They had the foresight to see that we can make it here. We can sustain. We have a future in this land. But it's going to be hard work. But we're going to have to plant the seed. But we're going to have to. And before long, the buts get bigger than the perspective. And can I tell you, in this idea of that, I want us to realize there are a few things that we need to learn. You see, when we have the poor, when we have a bad perspective or a wrong perspective, in, in, as a as a as a champion, that champion will begin to dwarf in us. We will begin to see ourselves in a smaller way than what even God sees us, than what others even see us. We will begin to predict what, how others view us. In fact, they never talk to one giant. They never talked to one person. They were quiet. They brought in. There was no record of them talking to anybody, getting an idea of, of, of the weakness or the strength of their army, of the weakness or the strength of their lands, of, the, of their walls. They, they, they had no plan whatsoever. Their perspective dictated their, their understanding. And can I tell you, a lot of times we say no for people or we determine how people view us simply by, the way we, by what we see instead of how we see. And what happened there we see in, in, in just a few verses later in Numbers 13. It says there in verse 31, but the other men who explored the land, they had been saying, but the lands are big, the lands are too strong, the, 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 there's giants. But the other men who were there Joshua and Caleb, or I'm sorry, excuse me, the other ones, they begin to come in and they said, they begin to disagree. They said, we can't take these. We can't go up there against them. They're stronger than we are. They never talked to them. They never saw. They never, they never saw if they were, you know, if they were uh, mighty. They just simply perceived they were mightier than them. They went on and it goes, so they spread the bad report about the land among the Israelites. How many times have you ever got your perspective a little whacked, got a little bit sideways, and you go around and having to justify your perspective to everybody else going like, we can't do this. Come on, you know that. You know we can't do this, don't you? you we really can't do this. And instead of giving a real picture or giving a picture of who God says you are, God told them, this is your land. God told them, this is where you're to go. Have you ever thought that maybe God sees a little bit more than you do of the picture? If God has said that you are to go this way and it seems insurmountable, then you better go that way even if it's insurmountable because God has a way that you don't see. 
God has a plan that you don't perceive. And God begins to, begins to say, listen, you just have to have the faith. They go on and he begins to say in there that, that they begin to spread the bad report. The land we travel through and explore will devour anyone who goes in there. You'll be destroyed. You're going to lose everything you have. Don't you understand? You're going to lose your reputation. You're going to lose your 401k. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose all those things. Don't you understand? You have no future. You keep doing this and you're not going to have anything for you, for your grandkids, for your grandkids' grandkids. In fact, they're even going to ridicule you and you will even lose your good name. Are you kidding me? You can't do this. Look at all that you've built up over the last 40 years. And a lot of times when our perspective is bad, when our butts get in the way of our perspective, we even redefine the past. They kept thinking that they had made great progress in the past and that they had great, uh, great um, ideas of the past. They had, they, they were, they had been going in circles for 40 years. It should have been said, what else do you have to lose? Because all you've got to go back to is the wilderness that you've been going around 40 years in and it's been hard and it's been in toil. And now it's time to go in and claim the land. It's time to go in and claim new territory. And they kept saying, are you kidding? You're going to lose everything. You're going to be destroyed and your family with you. Because they're giants. And here we get to the perspective. Here we get to the definition of who they saw themselves as. It says, we even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we looked like grasshoppers in our own eyes. They weren't even talking about how the giants saw them. The giants never saw them. The giants never knew they were there. Can I tell you, there is a realm of living that the enemy doesn't even know you have come in because God is shrouding that. There are many stories in the Word of God about men that, that literally were able to walk through crowds. I was in Israel again, and we were on Mount Precipice where they were going to throw Jesus over the cliff. And the Bible says that at one moment, Jesus just walked out through the crowd. And his scholars have said that the way that that was written is as if they, their eyes were shielded, and Jesus was able to leave just walking among them, and they never saw him leave. One story is of a prophet that they come and say, where is this prophet? I believe it was Elisha. And they says, I don't know. And the, the God shielded Elisha's identity. And as they walked through the land, as they walked through, he began to take them into the place where they were going to be destroyed. Can I tell you, the enemy has the, I mean, God has the power to shield the enemy's vision. And he have no idea that you're in the land. And here they are. These spies were in the land. The very terminology that they were spies were saying they were hidden. The enemy didn't know they were there. The, the, the scholars didn't know they were there. Those that were uh, holding the fort didn't know they were there. And yet, a wrong perspective was already telling everybody that they saw themselves as, 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 as grasshoppers and the giants saw them that way too. In other words, 
So many times we will determine other people's perspective of us simply by the way we view ourselves. And if you view yourself as a bug, as a grasshopper, as a little nothing, as, a, as something that can't ever accomplish anything, can I tell you something? God is saying that is not who you are. You are a champion. You are a Gideon and you might be afraid, but I'm calling you mighty warrior. You might be the youngest, the, uh, the dumbest. You might be the one that everybody says it will never amount to anything. You got the award of the do nothing in school but my friend can I tell you God is saying you are a do everything for you have the power inside of you that all things are possible to him who will believe that you believe in a God of the impossible and he's living inside of you so therefore you are a person you are a man a woman a champion of the impossible and it's time for us to raise up and rebuke the statement and the perception that we are grasshoppers in our own eyes and we're grasshoppers in them too. Because I, can I tell you, the enemy is afraid for you to wake up and get the right perspective. He simply wants you to get, he's going to put, keep putting a big butt in front of your view. And he's just going to keep saying, but, 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 but this, but that, but you can't do it, but... Did God really say that? Did God really say he would save your man? Did God? And he just keeps going, but, but, but. And can I tell you, God is saying, remove those buts because I am your child. I am your father and you are my child. And it's time for us to understand that. You see, when we have the right perspective, we can learn the lessons of the past. When we have the right perspectives, we can go, we, we can go into a realm that we can reflect. In other words, that's not reflect, meaning CT, but reflects, R-E-F-L-E-X, -E reflects, meaning how can I be better the next time? How could I not end up in the wilderness? How can I do this? You see, what happened with Joshua is Joshua kept saying to them, no, that's not the way it is. You understand, yes, there are giants. Yes, there are strong fortificated, fortified cities. Yes, they are mighty. And yes, there are more of them than there are of us. But can I just tell you one thing is that we still serve a God that is bigger than all of that. And God is sitting there saying, learn from that. Learn from that. 40 years later, Here's Moses and there's Joshua. They've gone around in the wilderness because it's all, it just caused them to stay in their wilderness. And the entire time, what happened was, is this time, Moses didn't send it in exactly like he did last time. Moses didn't tell anybody that he was sending anybody into the land to spy. He didn't tell anybody and he only sent two, Joshua and Caleb. They went back in and this time, they went into the cities. This time, they talked to the people. This time, they began to create a plan. They met a woman by the name of Rahab. And as Rahab began to tell them, they said, listen, the, the interpretation and the reputation of you as a people has got this entire land afraid. They've heard how you have walked over, over this land for 40 years. You have an incredible reputation. And it is a reputation that you've got the giants afraid. You've got the city government afraid. You've got the people afraid because they know what you're capable of. They know whose God you serve. They know all of this kind of stuff. And all I ask, and this is what Rahab says, she was a harlot, she was a prostitute. And she is all I ask is that when you come in and invade, that you will save me and my house. 
Those two spies were being begin to be caught. Forty years after Joshua had been there, he was still saying, we can do this. He was still saying, this is going to happen. And what did God do? God ended up promoting him from, from the position of a spy and a minority into the leader of that entire nation just within a few short days of that time. And Joshua says, I will, we will protect you. We will take care of you. What was impressive, what was so amazing about Rahab and that scarlet cloth that she, let, she, she dropped down from the window. She dropped this scarlet cloth down the window and said to show that you saved that place. Can I tell you? Rahab was the, was the foremother of Jesus Christ. The scarlet cord that came down was, was a representation of that scarlet blood that was going to save them. And can I tell you, when you have the right perspective, God will always make a way of escape for you. And it's going to be through the line of Jesus Christ. It's going to be by that blood that was shed. And can I tell you, Moses learned his lesson. This time, he didn't tell the whole nation that we're going in to check the land again. We're going in to maybe, hopefully, let's just pray. Oh, guys, let's pray, pray, pray. Oh, please pray that the giants are gone so we can get in there. Oh, please pray that the cities have decayed over the last 40 years so that we can come in and just take over. Because you remember, we're grasshoppers. No, he didn't do that. He learned his lesson. He's not going to listen to the butts of the land. He's going to listen. He's going to listen to the perspective of who God says he is. We are children of the Most High God. And we keep asking for God to eradicate the giants and to knock down the walls. And sometimes he's going, no, I want you to start acting like who you are. You are a champion of the Most most high God and you need to step up and I'm going to have you take out the giants. I'm going to have you march around the cities. I'm going to have you go in and fight the battle because the battle is mine and I'm handing it over to you so that you can just battle it for your children. Battle it for your, for your marriage. Battle it for your finances. Battle it because I want you to know who you are and if you can take out of a giant then maybe that will increase your faith. You see because when we have the right perspective not only do we learn lessons but we also increase our faith in God you see Moses understood what he what the mistakes he made on the first time he let everybody know and he just sent in everybody he didn't vet them he didn't make sure that they had the right perspective and sometimes we're just all consumed about getting around everybody and we want everybody's opinion we want everybody's feedback we want everybody's ideas just give me all your ideas and realizing that some of the ideas don't have the right perspective some of the motives behind some people. Sometimes we're willing to listen to people on Facebook and we're willing to listen to people on the, on, on the TV. We're ready to listen to people around that they absolutely don't even have the same understanding that we do of who God is. And we're willing to listen to them about our marriage. We're willing to listen to them about our, uh, about our finances. We're willing to listen to them about raising our children. We're willing to listen to their perspective about what's going to happen. And all of a sudden we realize, whoa, wait a minute, that doesn't even line up with the Word of God. That doesn't even line up. Moses learned his lesson. You don't just send everybody in to get to all everybody's opinion. We need to have some people with conviction. We need to have some people that says no matter what it looks like, no matter what is said, I know how it looks. I know, I know whose I am. And when everybody else is saying I'm a grasshopper, I look back and say, yeah, but my God has said I am his child. And God does not have grasshoppers. He creates them, but he doesn't adopt them. 
I am a child of the Most High God, adopted through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when God says to us that, we can increase our faith in God. A.W. Tozer said this, A low view of God is the cause of a hundred lesser evils, but a high view of God is the solution to 10,000 temporal problems. In other words, our biggest problem may not be what we see, but how we see it. Our biggest problem may not be what we see, but how we see God. Our biggest problem may not be what we see in us, but how we see us from God's perspective. You see, what happens then is we make better decisions. When we have that perspective, when we have that God perspective, when we have that champion perspective that we can see out there and we can begin to call things out as though they are even if they're not, as the Word of God says, we are able to respond and not react. We, because when you react, we react in anger and we act in fear and we act, react with words that we can't unsay and we ring bells that we cannot unring. But when we respond from the right perspective, we can respond with greater wisdom and accepting love and divine revelation. The perspective response gives us the insight to seek long-term solutions rather than short-term relief. And God is saying, I've got a plan for you. This is why jo Joshua, the champion of the promised land, the champion of the children of Israel, why he was able to walk in 40 years later is because he had the right perspective 40 years earlier. God is saying to us, that kind of perspective will give you the way to raise your children. That kind of perspective will give you the way to do what God has called you to do. But the only way to do that is to accept our identity in the, as the King of Kings, our identity in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That our identity is we are a child of God, not a grasshopper. We're a child of God. It doesn't even matter if they see us or not. Don't quit worrying about what everybody else says. I, I, heard, a, I heard a quote the other day or a rule of life the other day. It simply said this, Others, other people's opinion of you is none of your business. So if somebody's saying something about you, just ignore it. If somebody is, is calling and saying the way you're heading down the road is messed up, it doesn't make sense, you, what are you doing? Can I tell you, the little tribe of Israel, even though it was several hundred thousand strong, even though, even though they were there, they were nomads, they had no army, they had no formal ways of doing things, it didn't seem like they, had a, uh, they didn't have any kind of a civilization, and they definitely didn't have anything there that they could call a semblance of civilization that could beat one that was fortified with land and walls and giants. And many will sit back even to this day going, have you lost your ever-loving mind? And you're like, no, I finally found it. I found it in the renewing of my mind, not allowing it to be formed and to, and, and to be conformed by the ways of this world, but renewed and transformed by the power of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Romans 12, 1, be transformed. Allow your perspective to be dictated by who God says you are. You see, a champion has the right perspective. And the only way we do that is by accepting the very thing that God has placed in us. His sonship, His lordship. 
in Jesus' name. Hey, if that's you today and you're saying, hey, Jay, that's me. I want that champion to be enacted. I want to be the one that was, that was talking on the cross that God says, I'll remember you. I, I'm not worried about getting my butt out of a sling or out of the problem or get, my, get myself where I'm all settled and, and fine and I've got a great life here. All I want, God, all I want is, to, is for Jesus to remember me. I just want to look at him. Everybody else may be looking at him saying he's archaic, he doesn't make any sense, and he's definitely not influential for today. But you're sitting back there, and you're looking at him like, oh, but he's the only way. And if that's you today, I want you just to put in there, champion, champion. Just, just type in there right now. Just, just go ahead and type in there, champion, champion, champion. If that's you, I want to be that champion. Then I want you to pray this prayer with me. And as you pray this prayer, I want to invite you to decide to walk through and have the right perspective and eliminate all the buts in your life. Pray this prayer with me, would you? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the champion of my life. And today, I confess, I declare, and I believe that you are the Son of God, that God raised you from the dead. And today... I choose to be a champion. I am not a grasshopper, and I don't care what they look, how they view me, even if they see me. But today, I choose to be your child. I choose to be your champion. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe that God just came all over you, just filled your heart, and that you are ready to go forward and to knock down the walls, knock down the giants and everything in your life because you are a child of the Most High God. And we believe that. And we just want to, we just want to bless you today. Vicki and I, we're praying for you. We believe that God has a great special uh, place for you, uh, a plan for you, and a purpose for you in, in, in this life as we walk forward. So just stretch your hand out, would you, as we just praise, uh, as we just bless you today. I bless you now in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be a lighthouse to the neighborhood, to all that are around you, and that your children will be blessed to the thousandth generation as you raise them in the ways that they should go according to the word of God. I bless you now in your finances that you would have enough to pay your bills and more than enough to pay your bills, pay them on time and to, to care for all around you as you follow him in biblical stewardship. I bless you now in your friendships that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you would, have, uh, that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now as you go forward. Now go and be a blessing to all around. God bless you. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.